episode 19, Bitcoin and Aristocracy. In this episode, I wanted to draw a link between a political model, the aristocracy, and how it will be impacted by Bitcoin. Plato outlined five forms of government in his famous work, The Republic. These forms of government are arranged in a hierarchy from the best to the worst, based on how they reflect the virtues of justice and wisdom, according to Plato. Aristocracy. This is the best form of government, according to Plato. In an aristocracy, the rulers are wise and just individuals who are chosen based on their merit rather than their birth or wealth. Timocracy. In a timocracy, the rulers are chosen based on their military and physical prowess. This is a form of government characterised by a love of honour and a desire for recognition. Oligarchy. In an oligarchy, the rulers are a small group of wealthy individuals who use their wealth and power to maintain their control over the government. Democracy. In a democracy, the rulers are chosen by the people through a process of voting. Plato saw democracy as a flawed form of government because it tended to favour the desires of the majority over the wisdom of the few. Tyranny. This is the worst form of government, according to Plato. In a tyranny, the ruler is a single individual who has gained power through illegitimate means and uses their power to oppress people. Francis Fukuyama has taken on Plato and argued that liberal democracies become the dominant form of governance, as it is proven to be the most successful and stable form of government for modern societies. Yet Fukuyama's claim that liberal democracy is the future of all mankind is beginning to seem more and more unlikely as the 21st century progresses. Fukuyama's assertion that liberal democracy offers a balance between individual freedom and the rule of law, which makes it appealing to people across the world, is only an observation on the state of the world as he saw it in the early 1990s. He argued the collapse of authoritarian regimes in the late 20th century, such as the Soviet Union, contributed to the spread of liberal democracy. Governance models don't exist in some form of Star Wars-esque fairy tale of good versus evil. There might well be political models other than forms of liberal democracy that are more efficient, promote greater cohesion and greater happiness, as those who are most suited to rule simply govern better than the masses can through voting and other forms of political discourse. Fukuyama contends that liberal democracy has become increasingly attractive to people in the developing world because of the economic successes of countries such as the United States, Japan and Western Europe, which have embraced democratic ideals in a liberal society. These countries have demonstrated that liberal democracy can lead to economic prosperity, which has made it appealing to people in other countries seeking to improve their own standards of living. Yet these countries are largely spurred on in their industrial phases by aristocratic governance. In Britain, for example, the aristocracy had significant control over land and resources, and they were able to use their wealth and influence to invest in new technologies and industries. They also had access to capital and financial resources, which enabled them to fund new factories and production methods. Similarly, in Europe, many aristocrats invested in new industries such as textiles and mining, and established large factories and production facilities. They also played a role in financing the construction of infrastructure, such as roads and canals, which are essential for transporting goods and raw materials. In Japan, the Meiji Restoration in 1868 led to a period of modernisation and industrialisation, during which the samurai class 
played a key role in driving the country's economic development. They helped to establish new industries such as textiles and steel production, and were instrumental in developing new technologies and production methods. In the United States, the aristocracy played a role in driving the growth of industry through their ownership of large land holdings and natural resources, such as coal and iron. They also invested in new industries such as railroads and steel production, and played a role in financing the construction of infrastructure, such as these canals and railroads. The aristocracy in Britain, Europe, Japan and the United States played a significant role in driving the growth and development of the Industrial Revolution. Their wealth was often rooted in English property rights, de jure political influence in the House of Lords, and access to resources in England's green and pleasant land, enabling them to invest in new technologies and industries, which helped society to drive economic growth and to transform societies. When a future Bitcoin standard emerges, I believe it is likely a new aristocracy would rise around it. Bitcoin is a decentralised currency, but the lowest of low time preferences will mean the wealthiest will be able to maintain and grow political power over time, without the stresses of money or lack of capital investment, like the huge landholders of old who gained aristocratic, almost feudalistic power over time with the power they held over other people and in society itself. Aristocracy refers to a system of government in which power is held by a small group of noble, wealthy or influential individuals who typically inherit their status and privilege. In an aristocratic system, the ruling class often controls government and makes decisions on behalf of the rest of society. In some cases, the aristocracy may have limited power-sharing agreements with other groups or institutions, such as a parliament or monarchy. Feudalism, on the other hand, refers to a system of government and social organisation in which power is based on the ownership and control of land. Under a feudal system, the king or another central authority grants land to lords or vassals, who in turn pledge their loyalty and military service to the ruler. The lord may then subdivide the land amongst his own vassals or tenants, who owe him military and other services in exchange for protection and right to work the land. Feudalism was common in Europe during the Middle Ages and was characterised by a complex web of obligations and relationships between lords and vassals. So while both aristocracy and feudalism involve a hierarchy of power, the key difference between the two is that the aristocracy is based on social status and privilege, while feudalism is based on the control of land and the obligations that come with it. There is, of course, an overlap of the two. Enlightened feudalism can naturally lead down the path to a re-emergence of an aristocratic system, while despotic aristocracy can lead to feudalism. The theory of this podcast episode is that an aristocratic political system will re-emerge in a digital manner rather than the physical one of old. It will be based around a cognitive elite, those who are most intelligent will prosper in this new meritocratic digital society due to Bitcoin's decentralised nature and the many analogies one can make to be in a form of digital land, land was of course the hallmark of the aristocrat. This form of digitally based aristocrat may emerge and not only dominate parts of the online world, but then begin to change the political makeup of the real world. I do want to make myself clear here. Why am I using the word aristocracy and not oligarchy? The two are different. Aristocracy, at least, 
is supposedly a form of government where the rulers are chosen on their merit and not their birth or wealth. Of course, aristocratic titles are slightly different in which they are passed down generations. In an aristocracy, the rulers are typically wise and just individuals, chosen because of their knowledge and virtue. The focus of an aristocracy is on the common good, rather than the interests of a select few. This contrasts to oligarchy, which is a form of government where a small group of wealthy individuals control the government. In an oligarchy, the rulers are typically chosen on their wealth and influence rather than merit. The focus of oligarchies is generally on sustaining the interests of this class. See Mickle's Iron Law of Oligarchy, which perpetuates this idea. So to better explain this, I asked ChatGPT to write a thought experiment that would describe the manifestation of outcomes between an oligarchic and aristocratic system. It came back with this. Imagine a small, fictional country called Aristolandia, where the population is divided into two groups, the aristocrats and the common people. In this thought experiment, we will compare the outcomes of two different political systems, oligarchy and aristocracy. In an oligarchic system, a group of small, wealthy and powerful individuals control the government and most of the country's resources. In Aristolandia, this would have been a few wealthy aristocrats would hold all the power and wealth, while the common people would have little to no say in the government or the economy. Under an oligarchic system, the aristocrats would likely prioritise their own interests over the common people. They might enact policies that benefit themselves and their families, such as lower taxes or preferential treatment for their business. Meanwhile, the common people might struggle to make ends meet, with few opportunities for social mobility or economic advancement. In contrast, an aristocratic system would be based on the idea of nobility and honour, with a focus on the common good rather than individual wealth. Under an aristocracy, the most virtuous and deserving individuals would hold positions of power and influence regardless of their economic status. In Aristolandia, this would mean that the aristocrats would prioritise the well-being of the entire society, including the common people. In an aristocracy, the common people might have more opportunities to advance through hard work and merit rather than being held back by their social status or economic background. The government might invest in education and social welfare programmes to ensure that everyone has access to the tools and resources they need to succeed. Meanwhile, the aristocrats would be held to a higher standard of behaviour and expected to uphold the values of the society they represent. So, I think it's important to recognise the importance of thought leaders and public intellectuals in the Platonic model. It is seen as a benevolent elite rather than a self-serving one. In this model, which is often mixed in with other forms, those wisest and best rule. So one makes maybe in a form of tyranny, where a king takes counsel from the best in society to make decisions. Plato thought aristocracy was the best form of government for a couple of reasons. Plato believed that in an aristocracy the rulers would be philosopher kings, individuals who possessed both wisdom and a love of knowledge. He believed these philosopher kings would make the best rulers because they would be able to make decisions based on reason and desire for the greater good, rather than on personal ambition or self-interest. Plato believed an aristocracy would be more stable than other forms of government 
because the rulers would not be motivated by personal gain or self-interest. Instead, they would be committed to the well-being of the community and would make decisions based on the common good. There is a long history of mixes of political forms, and I think it might be better to define all political forms as mixes with historical examples. One could do this through some approximation of British history and the movement over time of political power between tyrants, aristocrats, wealthy merchants and the people. The concept of aristocracy has been an enduring one throughout human history, shaping the way society has been run. From Greeks to today, aristocracy has been an important part of political discourse, with its meaning and interpretation evolving over time. The concept of aristocracy could be traced back to ancient Greece, where the term was first used to describe a ruling class of noble families who were believed to possess certain innate qualities, such as wisdom and courage. It made them uniquely suited to govern. This form of aristocracy was based on the idea that certain individuals were born into privileged positions and that their elevated status was justified by their superior abilities. As Greek city-states began to evolve into more complex societies, the idea of aristocracy began to take on a more nuanced meaning. In Athens, for example, the aristocracy was replaced by a system of direct democracy in which all citizens had a say in how the city was governed. This marked a shift away from the idea that only certain individuals were qualified to rule and towards a more egalitarian form of government. In the centuries that followed, the concept of aristocracy continued to evolve, with different societies adopting different forms of governance that were influenced by their unique historical and cultural contexts. In medieval Europe, aristocracy took the form of feudalism, in which landowners held power over their subjects, and their status was based on their ownership of land rather than these innate qualities. By the time of the Enlightenment in the 18th century, the idea of aristocracy had come under significant scrutiny, with many philosophers arguing that it was an outdated and unjust form of governance that was incompatible with the values of liberty, equality and democracy. This marked a turning point in the history of aristocracy, as societies began to embrace new forms of governance that were more inclusive and democratic. Despite these changes, the concept of aristocracy continued to play a role in modern politics. In the modern era, the aristocracy has come to be associated with the idea of a social elite consisting of wealthy and influential individuals who wield power and influence over society. This form of aristocracy is based on wealth and status, rather than innate qualities, and is often criticised for perpetuating social and economic inequality. In recent years, the concept of aristocracy has once again come under scrutiny, as populist movements around the world have challenged the legitimacy of existing political and economic elites. Though one can debate if the so-called globalists form more of an oligarchy, and the movement towards an aristocracy through Bitcoin could highlight a growing divide between the elite and the rest of society. The history of aristocracy can be seen as a reflection of the broader evolution of human societies, as different forms of governance have emerged and evolved over time in response to changing social, economic and political conditions. While the idea of an aristocracy may no longer hold the same allure and legitimacy that it once did, it continues to shape the way we think about governance and the roles of elites in society. We will continue to grapple with the challenges of the 21st century and the role of elites. 
It is likely that the concept of aristocracy will continue to evolve as societies seek new ways to address the complex problems of our time. The aristocracy played a significant role in British history, shaping the country's political, economic and cultural landscape. Throughout the centuries, the British aristocracy has been associated with power, wealth and influence, with its members occupying prominent positions in government, the military and other areas of public life. One of the most significant periods in British history in which the aristocracy played a key role was during the Industrial Revolution. The Industrial Revolution, which began in the 18th century, was of course a period of rapid industrialisation and economic growth that transformed the country's economy and society. The growth of new industries such as textile manufacturing, iron and steel production and steam power led to the creation of new jobs and the expansion of the economy. During this period, the British aristocracy played a crucial role in driving innovation and investment in new industries. Many members of the aristocracy were wealthy landowners who invested in new factories, mines and other industrial ventures, providing the capital and expertise needed to fuel the growth of the economy. The dispersed nature of the British aristocracy compared to their French peers also played a role in the supremacy of the British in Europe. While the French aristocracy was concentrated in a few major urban areas such as Paris and Versailles, the British aristocracy was spread out across the country, with many wealthy landowners living in their rural areas. This dispersed nature allowed for the greater diffusion of ideas and innovations, as members of the aristocracy were able to share knowledge and best practices with one another. The lack of an American aristocracy has been both a blessing and a curse for the United States. On the one hand, the absence of a hereditary nobility has allowed for a more egalitarian society, where social mobility is more possible and individual merit is valued over inherited status. This has been a cornerstone of American democracy and has helped to create a dynamic and innovative society. Yet the absence of an aristocracy has allowed for the rise of an oligarchy where a small wealthy elite holds a disproportionate amount of power and influence over political, economic and cultural affairs. This has led to concerns about a decline in the rule by the best, as the oligarchy slipped society into decay and society has wilted. Society may not always act in the best interest of society as a whole, but in the self-interest of those who have power. Furthermore, the lack of aristocracy may have contributed to a decline in the concept of public service and civic duty. Without a hereditary nobility to uphold the values of duty and service to the community, there may be less of a sense of obligation to work for the common good. This can be seen in the low levels of voter turnout and civic engagement in the United States, compared to other developed democracies. The aristocrat is often seen as an archetype for both men and women to aspire to. Whether Bitcoin leads to more political models of aristocracy, there I think will be a great increase in the aristocratic way of life. Aristocratic traits are those characteristics or qualities that are associated with members of the aristocracy or the ruling elites. While these traits can vary depending on the culture or time period in question, some common aristocratic traits include society, social grace and poise. Aristocrats are often expected to have excellent social skills and to carry themselves with dignity and poise. They may be trained in etiquette and protocol from a young age and are expected to be able to navigate social situations with ease. Education and intellectual curiosity. 
Many aristocrats are highly educated and have a deep appreciation for the arts, literature and philosophy. They may be patrons of the arts or the sciences, and may have a strong interest in intellectual pursuits. A sense of noblesse oblige. Aristocrats are often expected to use their wealth and privilege for the betterment of society as a whole. They may feel a sense of obligation to use their position of power to help those who are less fortunate, and may be involved in philanthropic endeavours or public service. High standards of personal conduct. Aristocrats are often expected to hold themselves to a high standard of personal conduct both in public and in private. They may be expected to uphold traditional moral values and to demonstrate honour and integrity in all of their dealings. A sense of entitlement. While not all aristocrats exhibit this trait, some may have a sense of entitlement that comes from being born into a position of power and privilege. This can manifest as a belief that they are inherently superior to others or that they are entitled to certain privileges or opportunities simply by virtue of their birth. A digital aristocracy based around Bitcoin would likely consist of individuals or groups who hold large amounts of Bitcoin, giving them significant wealth and influence in the digital economy. These individuals would have acquired their wealth through investment in Bitcoin, mining, or other means of acquiring the digital currency. As the use and value of Bitcoin continues to grow, this digital aristocracy would have a significant impact on the economy and society as a whole. They would have the ability to fund and invest new technologies and businesses shaping the direction of the digital economy. One possible scenario is that this digital aristocracy would use their wealth and influence to create new forms of digital governance and social organisation. For example, they could establish new forms of decentralised autonomous organisations (DAOs) that are powered by blockchain technology and operate outside traditional government structures. These organisations could be designed to provide services or goods to their members and could potentially operate on a global scale. Another possibility is that this digital aristocracy would use their wealth to create new forms of social impact investing, using their resources to address social and environmental changes in innovative ways. They could fund research and development of new technologies that can address issues such as poverty and could use their influence to advocate for change on a global scale. However, it is important to note that a digital aristocracy based around Bitcoin would also face challenges and criticisms. The concentration of wealth and power in a few individuals or groups could lead to concerns about inequality and concentration of power, similar to the criticisms of traditional aristocracies. The interaction between digital aristocrats and the nation-state is an important question and it raises issues about the role and power of governments in a digital economy, where power and wealth are increasingly concentrated in the hands of a few individuals or groups. One possible scenario is that digital aristocrats could act as a counterbalance to the power of nation-states, using their resources and influence to challenge traditional government structures and advocate for new forms of digital governance. They could fund and support the development of decentralised technologies such as blockchain and cryptocurrency that operate outside traditional government structures and could potentially provide new forms of social organisation and economic exchange. On the other hand, nation-states may see digital aristocrats as a threat to their power and sovereignty and may seek to regulate and control their activities. This could lead to conflict between digital aristocrats and governments over issues such as taxation, regulation and the control of the digital economy.
Another possibility is that digital aristocrats could work in partnership with nation states to achieve common goals. For example, they could fund and support the development of new technologies that help address social and environmental challenges, such as inequality. They could also work with governments to establish new forms of digital governance that are transparent, accountable and democratic. However, there are risks associated with such collaboration. Digital aristocrats may seek to influence government policies in ways that benefit their own interests, rather than the broader public good. Additionally, the lack of a transparency and accountability in the digital economy could make it difficult for governments to regulate and control the activities of digital aristocrats, leading to concerns about the concentration of power and wealth in the hands of a few. Overall, the interaction between digital aristocrats and the nation-state will be complex and ever-evolving. It is likely there will be both cooperation and conflict between these two entities as they seek to navigate the opportunities and challenges presented by the digital economy. The challenge for society will be to find ways to ensure that the power and influence of digital aristocrats is harnessed for the greater good, rather than being used to further entrench inequality and concentration of power. One common way that aristocratic regimes decline is through the concentration of power in the hands of a few families or individuals. Over time, the aristocrats may begin to form alliances and consolidate their power, leading to the exclusion of other groups and a loss of diversity in the ruling elite. This can create a situation where a small group of aristocrats dominate the government and use their power to further their own interests rather than working for the benefit of the wider society. This is how aristocracies turn into oligarchies. Another factor that can lead to the decline of an aristocratic regime is the erosion of checks and balances on the power of the ruling elite. This can occur if the aristocrats are able to manipulate the political system in their favour, such as by controlling the courts, the media or other important institutions. As a result, there may be few or no mechanisms in place to prevent abuses of power leading to the erosion of democracy and the rise of authoritarianism. Finally, the abuse of privilege by the ruling elite can also contribute to the decline of an aristocratic regime. This can occur if the aristocrats become too disconnected from the needs and concerns of the wider society, or if they begin to view their position of power as a birthright rather than a responsibility. This can lead to corruption, cronyism and nepotism, which can undermine the legitimacy of the regime and contribute to its downfall. In all of these scenarios, the decline of an aristocratic regime can create an opening for the rise of tyranny or oligarchy. If the ruling elite becomes too entrenched and the mechanisms of democracy and accountability are weakened, it can become difficult to dislodge them from power. This can create a situation where aristocrats become a self-perpetuating oligarchy or where a single leader emerges who is able to seize power and establish a tyrannical regime. Ernst Junger, a German writer and philosopher who lived from 1895 to 1998, had a complex view of aristocracy that evolved over time. In his early writings, Junger celebrated the values of the aristocracy, such as honour, duty and sacrifice, which he saw as a necessity for a healthy society. He admired the aristocratic class for their bravery in battle and their willingness to risk their lives for a greater cause. However, as Junger grew older and witnessed the decline of the aristocracy in Europe, he became more critical of the class. 
In his later works, he saw the aristocracy as being out of touch with modern society and unable to adapt to changing conditions. He believed that the aristocracy's emphasis on tradition and hierarchy made it ill-equipped to deal with the challenges of the modern world. There have been many critics of the aristocracy as a political model throughout history, but some of the primary critics include philosophers of the Enlightenment. During the 18th century Enlightenment, philosophers such as Jean-Jacques Rousseau and John Locke criticised the aristocratic system for being elitist, oppressive and unequal. They argued that power should be based on merit and that all individuals should have equal rights and opportunities. Socialists and communists. In the 19th and 20th centuries, socialist and communist thinkers such as Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels condemned the aristocracy as a tool of the ruling class to maintain their power and wealth. They advocated for a classless society where power and resources were distributed more equally. Liberals and Democrats. Liberal and democratic thinkers such as John Stuart Mill and Thomas Jefferson saw aristocracy as a threat to individual liberty and democracy. They believed that government should be accountable to the people and that everyone should have a say in how they are governed. Feminists and civil rights activists. In the 20th century, feminists and civil rights activists criticised the aristocratic system for being exclusionary and discriminatory. They fought for equal rights and opportunities. Overall, many critics of aristocracy have argued that it is a fundamentally flawed political model at the expense of the broader population. However, with the growth of trade and commerce in the 18th and 19th century, a new class of wealthy merchants emerged who challenged the traditional dominance of the aristocracy. These merchants, who often made their fortunes through trade and finance, were able to accumulate wealth and economic power that rivaled that of the aristocracy. As the merchant class grew in wealth and influence, they began to demand greater political power and representation in government. They were able to use their economic power to gain political influence, and many of them were elected to Parliament, where they began to promote their own interests and challenge the power of the aristocracy. The rise of the merchant class also contributed to the decline of the aristocracy's economic power. With the growth of industry and commerce, the landed estates that had been the source of the aristocracy's wealth began to lose value, while the new sources of wealth created by the Industrial Revolution began to be largely controlled by this merchant class. Karl Marx is perhaps the best noted critic of the aristocracy. His views, I think, have been the primary result for the reason in the decline of the aristocracy. The movement of socialist workers led to the filtration of his views into modern life, and his critiques of the industrial economy had a working influence into the aristocratic models of much of Western Europe. The French Revolution had of course done away with all the French aristocracy, and the monarchy in a great wave of popular anger as the people of France turned on their noble masters. But in the more successful economies and political polities of Britain and Germany, the aristocratic system remained deeply entrenched in pre-war Germany and Britain. Though much of the lustre of the pioneering funders of industry of the second half of the 19th century had gone too by the early 20th century, the British aristocrats took the role of masters of leisure and the arts, something that was taken away as the British lost a huge amount of capital in fighting the First World War, which took much of the wealth of the aristocrats and the middle classes. One argument in favour of aristocracy is based on the idea of charismatic authority. Charismatic authority is the type of authority that is based on personal charisma or charm of the leader. In an aristocracy, power is often held by a small group of individuals 
who are seen as natural leaders by virtue of their birth, education or other factors. Proponents of aristocracy argue that this system can become more efficient than a democracy because it allows for quick decision making and the ability to act quickly in times of crisis. Because power is concentrated in a small group of individuals, decisions can be made quickly and efficiently without the need for lengthy debates or negotiations. In addition, the aristocracy is often composed of individuals who have significant resources and experience in managing large estates and wealth. This means they may be better equipped to manage a large area of land and people than a democratic government, which may lack the same level of expertise. So to conclude, I asked ChatGPT if a sovereign territory that had adopted a Bitcoin standard and were pursuing an aristocratic system based on this, how might the society differ from our own? It answered, if a sovereign territory were to adopt a Bitcoin standard and pursue an aristocratic system based on it, the society would likely differ from our own in several ways. Here are a few potential differences. Economic system. With a Bitcoin standard, the economy would primarily be based on the use of Bitcoin as the main medium of exchange. This means that traditional fiat currencies issued by central banks would have less significance and economic transactions would rely on the decentralised nature of Bitcoin. Wealth distribution. In an aristocratic system, wealth and power are typically concentrated in the hands of a small elite. If this system were combined with a Bitcoin standard, it could potentially exacerbate wealth inequality. Governance structure. An aristocratic system based on a Bitcoin standard might have a hierarchical governance structure where power is inherited or granted based on lineage, wealth or influence. Technological advancement. Given the adoption of a Bitcoin standard, the society might embrace blockchain technology more extensively. Smart contracts, decentralised applications and other blockchain-based innovations could be more prevalent, potentially leading to increased efficiency and automation in various sectors. Social dynamics. The society's cultural norms and values might reflect a more hierarchical and class-based structure. The perception of world success and social standing might be heavily tied to Bitcoin ownership and aristocratic connections, potentially leading to distinct social divisions. It is important to note that actual outcomes and characteristics of such a society would depend on various factors, including specific implementation, cultural context and the actions of the ruling elite. The examples provided are speculative and based on the general assumptions about an aristocratic system combined with a Bitcoin standard. So I think that response was a bit limited as I think it's much more complicated than simply saying a Bitcoin standard, an aristocratic Bitcoin governance system would grow by embracing blockchain technology. I think we'd more likely see a return to a different way of life. I think a Bitcoin standard would lead to an aristocratic society, at least for the first couple of generations. But this has been very speculative. And it may take decades for us to see this change. So that's all for this episode. In the next one, in the next couple of episodes, we will be focusing on some short stories I have written about a Bitcoin standard. I will see you then.